Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg from Los Angeles and joined <laughs> on the phone from, I assume, Virginia by our producer, Hamil Javeri. Hamil, how are you? I'm great. Ted, are you how in, is LA? Are you, in fact, in Northern Virginia? I am actually in our headquarters in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. So, yep. You don't often leave Northern Virginia. Hey, that's not true. Well, I don't mean like in the general sense. I mean like that's your, that's your place, like how I would most likely be calling from New York. You would most likely be calling from Northern Virginia. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry I'm not a world traveler like you, but I would most likely be calling from Northern Virginia. Yeah. Okay. I'm but not... I, was, I was just in Ohio. <clears throat> well, there you go. Um, yeah. I, right. And I am currently in Los Angeles, where mm-hmm. I have to say it has been cloudy since I landed yesterday in, in the afternoon. We, we're going on like 24 straight hours of cloudiness in Southern California. It even rained this morning. What? I, I want a refund. Yeah, that's a, that's a bummer of an L.A. trip. But get your money back. Right? I, I mean, yeah. you know, like I even I went down to the beach and I walked around, but it's really not the same. It's just like everybody's all like it's 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 quiet and it's not beachy at all. It's just. I could stay in New York if I want 65 and cloudy. <laughs> so I will say that I have been to L.A. when it's been cloudy like that. And it's a lot. It's definitely a lot moodier than people make it out to be. Right. I imagine Southern California is just like the beach is hopping. But every time I've been there, the beach has basically been deserted. Yeah. And people are complaining yeah. about it a lot. Whereas like this isn't whether you'd complain about New York, but it's whether I'm complaining no. about because I'm currently in L.A. And it's 65 degrees and cloudy, and that's nonsense. No, it's like 80 and humid here in Virginia. So. All right. Well, it could always be worse. It could be worse. Uh, um, so, so we should talk about some things besides where we both are. <laughs> that's true. And the weather in L.A. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'd appreciate a detailed description of this hotel room, <laughs> uh, but it mostly looks like every other hotel room in the world. So, I'm jealous that you can walk to the beach, though, from where you are. That's a pretty oh, good hotel a, room. It was a really long walk. It was like a oh, okay. three-mile walk. Oh. <laughs> I just want Drive to, next time. I, I am so naturally defiant that when I come to L.A., it's like, I'm going to go for a walk. Right? Like, it's, <laughs> you know, that's because that's not what people do here. Like, I think people look at you funny if you're walking down the sidewalk and they don't know you. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's weird. Um, uh, but no, but, all uh, right. yeah, so I walked, I walked to the uh, but it was, it was not, it's not a beachside hotel. It was a hike. Um, all right. That makes me feel a little better. All right. So um, I want to get into some stuff we're going to talk about. Yes. Now, I'm used to, it's weird because usually when you're on the show, we're doing questions from the Twitter, but instead yeah. we're going to just have to come up with our own questions to discuss. And we've been talking about this a little bit. We're, we're moving towards five things mm-hmm. and phrasing them in the form of the question, probably out of respect for Jeopardy. <laughs> um, so, uh, I want to start. You, you start. And I want to start with something that just came up in a, a lunch with some of our coworkers. So the, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers are facing off in the NBA Finals for mm-hmm. the third straight year. Mm-hmm. Is that boring? Oh, I think that, so I will say that theoretically two teams facing each other over and over again in the finals would be boring, but because it's the Cavs and the Warriors and because they've got such great personalities and 
players that are so much fun to watch, it's actually not boring. Like these are the biggest stars in the league right now at the, at the peak of their careers and they're playing in the finals. Like that's like actually exactly what you want, right? Yeah, that's um, exactly what I'm saying. I mean, no, so, I mean, so it's not boring. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Like I think yeah. that it should always be the best team against the team with the best guy. Like that's yeah. a really intriguing matchup. It's, and it's cool that they've split the series so far, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that the, obviously the Warriors lost in such a, uh, spectacular and ultimately right. a meme-tacular <laughs> way last year that it adds a little bit of drama to it. It seems like the Warriors are, at least the last few years, are really, like, maybe the best team in NBA history, at least, you know, for mm-hmm. in terms of a short span. And LeBron James is arguably the best player in NBA history. And, and, I, and I say this as, and I think maybe if you were, if we were talking to Adi or we were talking to someone who was, like, a deep, hardcore NBA fan, they might right. have more compelling teams they would have wanted to see. And and maybe in those cases you might be getting more. But as someone who is as casual a basketball fan as you can be, as someone who will watch the NBA Finals and has watched a total of like six NBA games so far <laughs> this year. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I want. This is and, yeah, I, but, and and I'm not alone because this is the same way with baseball. Like everybody yeah. just tunes in when the World Series comes around. As that fan for basketball who just tunes in when the finals come around, this is what I want. I want to see the best team, and I want to mm-hmm. see LeBron James. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool. And you said you would think it would be boring if it was the same teams every year. If it's these two teams, the way they're stacked right now, I kind of am cool with it being like, like how awesome would it be if the Cavs and Warriors play each other for like the next three finals after this one? And it's just like this greatest NBA finals rivalry of all time. Like I, When I think of like, sort of classic NBA stuff. It feels like uh, like Celtics-Lakers, like for the mm-hmm. 70s and the 80s, those were the teams. And they were always matching each other up in the finals. That's that's what's happening here. You know, like this is, I, this has the makings to me of like a classic rivalry of sorts. And it's weird to call them rivals if they're not in the same conference, but uh, it's it feels like it is... Uh, something we're going to talk about in like 25 years, like when it, when it was yeah. Cavs versus Warriors, Cavs versus yeah. Warriors every single year. It, it definitely has a historic feel, right? Like the, the first one was really great. The second one was even better. And now they've basically split a best of three. So now you want to know like who's going to come out on top. Um, and this has the potential, like you said, of going for a couple of more years. Um, so it could be historic in terms of how that happens. I, I would say that sometimes in hockey, like if you had, because hockey, like the, you know, parody is so out of whack sometimes um, that you could get two incredibly low seated teams playing each other repeatedly. And that's never fun, right? Like you, you never want just like two teams that are at the bottom of the conference, but just end up like surging during the playoffs to come in. But this is like the best best. in the league. Yeah, exactly. So these are the best two teams in the league. You don't just want a random assortment of two teams playing each other over and over again in the final, because that's how it mapped out. But these are the two best teams. So yeah, like keep, keep doing that. A weird thing happened to me over the course of my life, and I don't know when the switch came, but when I was a kid, I always rooted for the underdogs, and I always mm-hmm. wanted the underdogs to go as far as possible. And now I feel like maybe this is just a matter of my own confidence in this world. Like, now I want the best to succeed. 
And oh, really? I want, I want to see, I want to see dominance. I want to see greatness. I don't want to see like scrap. And like, it's fun. It's fun if like a a scrappy team were to take down the super team. Like that would be cool for a minute. You know, it would be a nice story. Mm-hmm. But like, I think what I want to see is like true, like greatness, excellence, and that's the Warriors right now, and that's LeBron James for his whole career. So this is actually a perfect segue into my first question for you. Okay. Yeah. So so my fir- my question was, would you rather have a number like would you rather have the Penguins or the Nashville Predators win in the Stanley Cup final? Um, You're gonna need because- to give me a lot more information. Than okay. That. <laughs> well, well, this is well. I wanted to talk about hockey, so that was my question for you. But it, it it's exactly this thing, which is that Nashville, if they had gone by like traditional conference seedings, would have been something like the 16th seed, right? They don't do that anymore. Um, but you know, Nash uh, and Pittsburgh was second in the league, right? So Nashville is definitely the underdog, and they're riding a really hot goalie. But they are the more charismatic and um, more entertaining team. And Pittsburgh is, you know, Sidney Crosby is absolutely the best uh, that he's that he has been. So they're basically the best in the league. So who would you want to win? Like if you're going for greatness, it's it would have to be the Penguins, right? They have managed to succeed all year long. But they weren't. Are, you said you said it yourself they weren't the top team, right? They weren't the top. Well, they're team. number two. Yeah, but they're that's number, number two. two. I want if it's not going to be number one, then it might as well be Nashville. That's my I mean, take. that's re- okay. I I don't know if I believe that. That's a little uh, because they're they were basically like two three games below Washington. They beat the number one team. Well, yeah, but I think the big story is that the number one team keeps crapping the bed. But, well, that's that's neither here nor there. Sorry, that's I'm not just, my question I'm just to twist, you. twisting the knife a little bit. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you. look, uh, and again, like, so I'm I'm further removed from hockey than I am from M- right. from the NBA. So, like, I can't attest to Crosby, other than what I know about Crosby, basically from you and from mm-hmm. what I read, like, on For the Win when, when it comes up, like, usually when you've written about him. Like, I, I, don't, I haven't seen the guy play a whole lot. Uh, you know, I've, I've caught it. Like, I, I know... I know what he looks like, but I don't know. Like, I can't be like, oh, this guy's the LeBron of hockey, right? Like, he's not there. Is he there? Yeah, I mean, he's there. You think he's, he's like, he's in the conversation for greatest of all time? Yeah, he's 100%. He's definitely, like, Charles... Charles Curtis on our on our one of our writers on our and staff. Charles is, wrote, a, Charles is, I would say, probably the most sensible writer on our site, <laughs> right? Like if, yeah. if, if there are a number of people, he's who not given be, to hot takes, yeah. right? If there are a number of people who you're like, this person called Crosby the best <laughs> player ever, I'd be like, ah, whatever. But if Charles wrote it, I, I'll put some stuff. I'll put some stock in that. Yeah, Charles basically made the argument that Sidney Crosby, if not isn't, if he's not the greatest player of all time, he's definitely like in the top five greatest players of all time. So he is there, right? Like he is the LeBron of his sport. Um, he's not just a good player; he is one of the all-time greatest players. Okay, uh, in that case, yeah. in that case, I'm cool with it. I guess the other thing, and this is probably personal, but it feels to me. Like, and I know that neither of these teams is Canadian, but it feels mm-hmm. to me like in light of uh, recent political events in the United States that Canada has been <laughs> awfully smug lately, like awfully <laughs> smug stuff coming out of Canada. And so like 
for me, like, and, and, and I get why, and I kind of agree with why, and I don't want to get into that on the podcast. Like, if, <laughs> I, were, if, I, if I were Canada, I'd be smug about it right now, too. But, but I kind of, like, the, the, the whatever scraps of patriotism remain in my heart want to see, like, a team from the American South win the Stanley Cup just yeah. to be like what now Canada <laughs> I mean Pittsburgh you know Pittsburgh is, is like basically is America's beloved. Canada so, yeah that's well, Canada yeah that's Canada um <laughs> no I I will say that if I'm going for I I like underdogs right but I generally like scrappy teams that come from behind and I don't want to get into how the playoff system is totally skewed because basically anybody in the playoffs can win to me that's kind of the fun of it um but Nashville is definitely a more compelling storyline versus this team was great last year and they're great again this year. Uh, might also, you know, and I think with the NBA, you also have just more personality overall. Like one of my big criticisms about Crosby has always been that whatever personality he has, he definitely like does not show to the rest of the world. Right. He's and it just is it's. I will say it makes it harder to root for that team when there's nothing on that side to kind of draw you in. At this point, the most entertaining person on the pens to me is like Phil Kessel. Uh, so, so I, yeah. I want to get back to the point though, that you just made about, about how anyone can win. And that's cause that's an mm-hmm. interesting thing to me because right. uh, that's, I guess. And, and again, like I, I'm talking without a ton of expertise, but I'm looking at the hockey standings. I'm seeing that, yeah, that the Penguins were number two. Uh, six. The the Capitals were fifty five and nineteen this year, and mm-hmm. the Penguins were fifty and twenty one. So you're not dealing with teams like the Warriors, right? Who are going to win like eighty or ninety percent of their games. You're dealing with teams that are going to win at most maybe seventy percent of their games. Right. And so then I wonder about. I wonder, because I feel like to me, and, and again, I like I always see things through the guise of baseball, right? But to me, the reason you can't keep adding teams to the baseball postseason uh, mm-hmm. and make it like a hockey thing or make it like basketball where basically half the teams are in the postseason is that the only real way to determine the best baseball teams are playing the entire baseball season. Because the best baseball teams win, you know, 60, 65% of their games, and the worst baseball teams still win. They're still going to take one out of three from the best team. And so when you get it down to a short series, then it doesn't, there's no real way to guarantee you're rewarding the better teams. You're just rewarding the hotter team and the luckier team. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying about the hockey players. I I will say that's 100% accurate about the hockey players. Because if you were rewarding the the better team than it would be the Capitals, right, for for how they've played throughout the entire season. But you get a couple of goalies that suddenly get hot in the postseason, and that makes all the difference. Whereas in basketball, I feel like outside of, like, the case of maybe, like, a, a massive late-season injury, mm-hmm. some sort of crushing thing, it does feel like a team that wins, like the Warriors win, where they're going to win 68, 69, 70 games a season, that team's always likely to win every postseason series. It, like, it, there is not as much randomness in the outcome right. of a basketball game as there is in baseball or hockey. I think probably the amount of scoring has a lot to do with that, right? Like, right. if you're only dealing with five goals per game or whatever it is, uh, it's probably a little bit more than that. But if you're dealing with a game in which six goals are scored, then you it's hard to bet on 
the better team always scoring more of those goals, right? So well, and, and yeah, well, basketball they're going to score two hundred points, and so like you can say like, well, they have the whole course of that game for it to be for the cream to rise to the top, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and the last the the game one of the Stanley Cup final is a good example, and I'll make it quick is so that we can move on from this, which is that. You know, arguably, even Pittsburgh admitted that they didn't play well, right? The better team on the ice was Nashville. And because of, like, pure luck and randomness, you know, there was one soft goal that Pecorina, the Nashville goalie, gave up on a Mm five-on-three. And then there were just two excellent shots that he had no chance on. And then one fluke deflection into the net. So it's not like their goalie played terrible, but luck and randomness had a lot to do with Pittsburgh winning that game. Um, and you could say that's weird because they, they, for that game, they were the worst team, but they still won. But for the entire season, they have been the better team. So I, you know, in the end, does it, does it matter that luck and randomness even played a part in it? Well, what I'm trying um, to say is I feel like that means to me they should, and, and I feel like this, this for a number of reasons. Why right. is, why are the hockey playoffs still going on? I'm sorry. I know you're, <laughs> you, why it's June. It's June. This isn't hockey season, right? Like why is, yeah. it feels like the NHL playoffs, you, they start like, they started like a, like a different season ago. And yeah, you don't need to tell on. me. They go on for a really, why, really why long time. Why are they so long? Why, it feels <laughs> like, and, and, and if what we're saying is that like randomness might d- dictate what happens, and I think the Predators getting this far is probably some evidence of that. Then why not cut out half the teams and do it like baseball, where where you have like eight teams in the in the postseason? I mean, probably because they generate revenue. In the end, it all boils down to money, right? Yeah, of if they can sell an eighty-two game season, that's what they're going to do. Uh, um, uh, I don't. All right. I don't like it. I don't like it. I want to say I'm calling on the NHL, Gary Bettman, to shorten the length of the NHL postseason for Hamill, so she can Please. get back to a regular work schedule. And also for the sake of actually making sure the best teams win, because it will be a lot more likely that happens if fewer teams are in the postseason. No disrespect to the Predators, who I am rooting for, to stick it to Canada. <laughs> stick it to Canada. All right. Uh, all right. Um, What's your uh, third all right. question? So I am, as mentioned, in Los Angeles. And okay. I am not in Los Angeles to cover an Angels game, but I am going to cover an Angels game while I am in Los Angeles. And... My question is, and this doesn't just have to do with tomorrow night's Angels game. This is just for right. me in general. What the hell am I supposed to do with myself now that Mike Trout is hurt? That's a really good question. Let's narrow it down. What are you doing with yourself just just for the day tomorrow now that Mike Trout is hurt? Are you well, still going to go, still gonna go the to the Angels game? And, uh, and okay. like, there's some stuff. That the Twins are coming to town. The Twins have been kind of good and. So you can write. There's stuff to write about. There's stuff for people to talk to. Like that, that that part I'm not concerned about. I'm not like woe is me. I don't have anything to do in my dope job where they send me the baseball games for free. Uh, that's not the issue. It's just what am I going to do with myself, like on a personal level, right? Without my traveling baseball every night. It's like the my, the only thing I love anymore in this world outside <laughs> of my family. And I want like it had become. I so I've been monitoring Trout so closely this year. And he's rewarded it by having the best season to date of his career. Mm -hmm. And it just became like I would, like before I check any other score, I would check the Angels box score and see what my trout did. And every morning when I wake up, I check my trout's baseball reference page to see what his stats look like now. And like I actually had gotten to the point where 
so I have it's a it's a sort of a convoluted system, but I have uh, Twitter notifications set up for just mm-hmm. one account, and it is at Trout at Bat. Which just all it does is tell you when Trout is coming up to bat. And so <laughs> it'll say, like, Trout's on deck. And then I would know, like, turn on the Angels game. And so if I'm at a bar, that might mean pulling it up on my phone. Or if I'm at home, I have Chromecast. So I can just click it on my phone, hit the little button, and then all of a sudden it's on my TV. And, like, now I'm watching, I had been watching, like, probably half of Mike Trout's at bats this season. Which, considering he plays on the West Coast, I want to say, is incredibly impressive in terms of my dedication. But that's how dedicated I am, because that's how awesome they were. Because this guy is freaking incredible. And you, yeah, you have a I huge feel like gap in your life now. I am in, like, I am in, like, a funk. Like, I'm in, like, an actual personal depression. Because I don't get to watch my Trout play baseball until, like, July. Like, I gotta wait. I gotta wait six to eight weeks now until I can see my Trout again. And then I gotta worry about... Hand injury, sapping power, which is a thing. So, like, maybe he's not going to be the same when he first gets back, and that's going to suck, too. So, I don't, like, I need, I don't know if I need a new baseball player to be obsessed with, but there's no one else that works like that, because there's no one else nearly so good. Or, like, should I, like, take up Needlepoint now? I, my suggestion was that you might need to channel some of this anxiety about Mike Trout into regular yoga classes, like practice your yoga breathing. It's summer and it's nice outside. Maybe you want to take more long walks. I can't, uh, I can't do a yoga class. I can't do a yoga class. I, if I do yoga, it's on video. And like I, I'll watch, there are a bunch of yoga videos online. And sometimes I do, I, like, like you know, because you're doing mm-hmm. yoga and... I, we've discussed it before. Like, I will go through some of their, like, the 10-minute routines. There's no chance I'm going to a class ever in my life. <laughs> I am so embarrassingly infle- unflexible that oh I can't. God. I just can't go. And I know that yoga is all about, like, not judging people. B.S. Someone in there is judging you. And I don't want to get judged. I don't want anyone to see how, yeah. like, if I try to touch my toes, I get, like, uh, like, halfway down my shit. It's 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 somebody somebody's judging the sweaty guy with great hair in yoga right. that I mean, can't touch his toes. That's that's the other thing. I mean, you've seen how much I sweat on the day to day. Like if I ride my bike to work, that's it. I'm done. I'm just I'm just gonna be soaked for the rest of the day. And I I, I've it. never met somebody who complains so much about how much they sweat. I, have you um, ever met anyone who sweats so much? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, no, I can't say I have. You I sweat, sweat a lot. lot. Um, I sweat a lot. Like I and I'm just resigned to it. And like luckily, I have. Uh, I don't really like other people, so like I don't mind alienating them with my sweatiness. Yeah. But I am a disgustingly sweaty person, so I can't go to so, yoga class. I can't. I can't. I'll just. Well, I'll be embarrassed. It's too embarrassing. Back, back to your original question. I'm going to advocate for a Mike Trout breather. Like I, I don't think you can feel the same way about another baseball player that you do about Mike Trout. That's you, true. You can't force that. It's time to well, like. No, it's, it's time not to that miss. I can't. Wait, hold on. It's not that I can't force oh. that. It's on the baseball players, right? That's not on. Because people are like, right. oh, Why are you so? Why are you so disproportionately excited about Mike Trout? I'm not. I'm proportionately excited about Mike Trout. Mike Trout is that good, and everyone else needs to get with it. You know, that's that's not. <laughs> that's on the baseball players for not being as good as Mike Trout. Right. Well, th- well, that's what I mean. Like if no one, no one is going to reach that Mike Trout level. Right. And no. you're not going to make yourself like as excited about another player because they're not as good as Mike Trout. You right. can't have a placeholder. Like you can't have, 
you know, it's there time to, I think for the, yeah, for, for this like six to 12 weeks, it's going to be as bad as a breakup, right? Like you're going to have to miss Mike Trout. You're going to have to longingly think about him coming back. Um, and it's going to make it, you know, make you appreciate it all that much more. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. I've it never, is, yeah, like I. It's I, time to start playing sad music and walk in the rain and, and yeah. think, you know, watch some highlight reels. That's, that's, that's what this what is. That's what I have been doing. It has <laughs> been like that. It's like I've been dumped by Mike Trout because he hurt his thumb. That's right. You're like, I, I need to know what he's up to. I miss him. I want to um, know what he's yeah. doing. I want to know what my, like, what, how right. does my, and like, that's a weird thing. You know, you're like, it's so, it's so, I, I used to think about this when, when I covered the Mets, I used to think about this a lot, just like as a baseball fan. And I guess as a sports fan in general, like you, you hear about the injury and you hear the timetable and like, you even get used to mm -hmm. it. Like you're like, Oh, Tommy John, that's 12 to 14 months. Everybody's right. baseball fan knows it. And you, so it becomes so automatic and it becomes such like a mathematical thing that you forget about like the actual human scary side to it, which is like these dudes who have been like strong and healthy their whole lives. And now it's like, oh, you're screwed up. And like, now you got to spend some time in the hospital and now you need surgery and now you need an MRI and now you need this. And like that part sucks too. Like having been through plenty of health things, that right. sucks. Like spending time in hospitals, that yes. sucks. And that so sucks. like... I don't want to, like, I don't feel, like, so bad for Mike Trout that his, he hurt his thumb, he hurt his thumb, it's not that big of a deal, but I do kind of feel for the guy like that, so that's not, this is all new territory for Mike Trout. Yeah, it's, especially if you're, and like you said, like, if you're not used to your body kind of betraying you like that, right, and this is how you make your living, so regardless, it's, you know, what did you say, it's like 6 to 12 weeks or something like that? 6 to 8 weeks, 6 to 8 6 to 8 weeks, so eight weeks. Not, okay, 6, 12. okay, okay, so it's 6 to 8 weeks, I right? can't and do that. <laughs> You're, you're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. Um, but yeah, to have your body that has performed so well for you suddenly betray you like that has to also set off like a lot of anxiety. Um, and maybe Mike Trout will deal with it just fine. And I don't feel like Mike Trout gets anxiety. Like, I don't think that's <laughs> the, I think that if Mike Trout hang, had anxiety, like, or were, were prone to worrying about stuff like that, right. he wouldn't be the best at baseball. Because if, if you don't, if you have, like, I think that the, Baseball especially, it's just like so high pressure and such a mm -hmm. high rate of failure that if mm -hmm. you're worried about failing, you're not going to succeed, like ever. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's probably true. Um, it, it takes a certain kind. It's, well, it's, you know, it takes a certain level of uh, equanimity, equanimity to, yeah. to be able to write all that out. Um, are you, are you good with your post Mike Trout injury plan? Or um, you got no, it? but we can move on. I'm not going to yes. come to grips with this soon. Like I'm still in the, I'm still <laughs> yeah, in like you, the you bargaining phase. I'm you like, oh, well, if he's back by the All Star break, he's probably still be the MVP, right? So um, let's just move on. Uh, give me something else to talk about. Uh, before you do that. Do oh yeah! To... Before we do that, we got to hear from. <laughs> we got to hear about. Quicken Loans. From our sponsor, uh, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports the For the Win podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interests in mind. 
And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com slash FTW, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Tell me something about sports. Uh, what was my next question for you? Oh, it was about LeBron James, actually. It was about um, LeBron James. My yes, favorite. it was. It's not really. It's it's pretty much a softball question, but it is something that, given like today is Wednesday, and he had um, a terrible word painted, a racial slur painted on the side of his house in I think Brentwood, L.A., uh, and he gave a really incredible, thoughtful statement about race in America. And my question for you, and this is actually kind of a legitimate question: racism is, is it good? Yeah, is racism good? No, it is. Who are these people that think LeBron is a bad role model? Like, I I just Do cannot think he's, are people understand still saying that? that. Does anyone say that? Yeah, I, I think that it was like a big thing on Fox Sports yesterday. On like somebody on Colin Cowherd's show you know, was saying that it just had something to do with the fact that he was so popular and so good that made him a bad role model. Like it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. To no, me, but it is I mean, definitely I, a narrative. I would say if someone's telling you, this is something yeah. that, that this is, if someone's telling you that LeBron James has, has it, first of all, there are a bunch of people out there. There are people who are paid to talk about sports mm-hmm. who will knock LeBron James as a basketball player. Stop listening to those people. Turn off the TV. Stop reading things that they write. That they that like don't don't read reactions. Even if we post them on For the Win, don't read the story read about yeah. someone says LeBron James is bad at basketball. LeBron James is not bad at basketball. In fact, he is the best at basketball. And people who are saying that, if you even if in outrage you are clicking on that story and you are watching that video, you are the sucker, right? Because you are <laughs> yeah, you have been you're the sucker. You are now just just feeding the machine of idiots who will try to tell you anything, who will try to knock LeBron James in any way, in any way, because nothing this guy has done. There, you can, there's, one, there's one questionable, and I hate to say questionable decision, because the questionable decision in LeBron James's bad career right, is that right. he allowed ESPN to make an hour-long special out of the culmination of his free, free agency. It mm-hmm. was sort of a ham-fisted thing. It was a dumb program. It was silly that they made us wait the whole time while they talked it all out. It was an annoying, sort of obnoxious thing. But if I were LeBron James at that point, I would have had like 15 hour-long specials on ESPN. <laughs> because LeBron James is a guy who was chosen to be the best of basketball and tapped to be the best of, best of basketball since he was like 16 years old. And despite being a public figure for now more than half of his life he has made like no missteps like none of it's unbelievable i don't think we give him nearly enough credit and and i don't know i don't know if maybe he goes home and he punts his dog for fun right like for all we know (laughs) lebron james is a horrible dude but just being able to be as publicly clean and still not uninteresting 
as LeBron James has been like that, he can be a fairly charismatic dude and a socially aware dude and, and like a stand-up guy in general and not have really a trace of bad press or bad publicity or, or big mistakes on his ledger is enormously impressive, like maybe even as impressive as his basketball career has been the shaping of LeBron James's public persona. So anyone who's telling you that he's not a role model, or worse yet, that he's somehow not the best basketball player in the world, is just not worth listening to. Like, just tune it out. Well, it, it, that's that's what I mean. Like, it's definitely worth tuning it out. But it also is probably to a larger point of, uh, uh, I guess, that we're a part of the media ecosystem where you just need, if you need something to talk about, you know, saying LeBron James is great is probably not going to get as many listeners as a completely ham fisted and wrong take on the fact that he's a bad role model. Well, you I mean, know his- what? I, like <laughs> we can go to uh, like, you only get one name. You only get one name. Right. And if you put your name on dumb stuff, then dumb stuff is going to find and like, and like, I get yeah. that there's no real repercussions for that, but guess what? Like, I can stand in my ivory tower and judge you from there because I'm writing the truth, you know? And at the end of the day, that's what, that's what makes me happy is not, you know, maybe other people can make tons of money by saying dumb stuff because now we live in a world where it's just like, oh, I want to be famous and I have no shame. So here's how it's going to be. But I still have shame. And I think it also comes along with a little something that I would call integrity, which is only saying <laughs> things that I actually believe. I mean, and that's very true. I, I think the over my overall point is that he had a really smart, nuanced answer to a terrible thing that happened to him, and it's something that I wish we saw more of. Uh, yeah, uh, it was. I mean, it's and, like it's like, like elegant. He's like a, like I yeah. would, I would totally vote for this guy if he is yes. an Emmy of Egan Egan and like he's. And, like, I totally don't feel that way about almost any other athlete. Like, you know what I say? Like, it's like Kurt Schilling is going to say some stuff about politics. I know it so happens I usually disagree with Kurt Schilling, but I would put Kurt Schilling in that same category of people where it's like, why are you still talking? And mm-hmm. in the most case, even when athletes and public and celebrities and people famous for politics who people not famous for politics, like other famous people, when they get on a soapbox and start talking about politics, it's like, I don't want to hear it. So you were in a couple good movies. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Like, sorry, Tim Robbins. I don't care what you say about politics, right? Like, you, you were nuclear-ish. I, I just don't tell me. So I don't want that. Like, I don't, I don't want that. If Unless you're an expert, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, LeBron James is the exception. He, because he's done it so well. And so, yeah, if LeBron James was like, guess what? I'm running for president in 2020. I'd be like, put a, I'd put a sign up on my front door. <laughs> well, it also, I mean, and this is maybe the last thing on LeBron, is that it comes from, because I know you're very eager to talk about this next question, um, is that it's, you know, for him, it's always personal, right? Like LeBron, it's never, you know, what he said today was not a politically motivated statement. It's always been uh, personal and, and genuine. Um, and it always comes from, I think, a place of... <clears throat> sincerity. Uh, it sounded that yeah. way. I mean, he looked sincere. He sounded sincere. It was a smart thing. I mean, basically, he said like he could have made it, he could have made this nothing, right? He could have said like I don't want to talk about it. Personal. Let's right. leave, let's leave me out of this. You know, let's focus on. I want to focus on helping the team win the the finals, right? But instead, he was like, "This is what we deal with. This is what I got to right. deal with." And like, right. that's a brave thing to do and a cool thing to do and a true thing. And I only have respect for the guy. I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time. I just, I am, I, I guess, 
I can spend my Mike Trout hiatus just doing the same thing with LeBron James. That's true. You should, you should, I mean, maybe you should just think about LeBron James for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I can, I can <laughs> think about LeBron James and like LeBron James's take on the latest thing LeVar Ball said. Um, so uh, I have no, right. LeVar Ball is like, this is what happens if you're like, hey, I want to be famous and I don't care if anything I say makes any sense. So yeah, I mean, that's now. a whole, that's a whole other level that I don't, I don't want to get into. No, no, we've right done now. that before. It's, All right. Yeah, the we've last done and most important question. Last and most important question. And this may dictate how I spend my Thursday. Mm. I don't even know, I don't know that if this is like a settled debate or if it's just so, I don't know, tacos or burritos. So for me, it's pretty easy. It's always tacos. Really? Yeah, it's it's always going to be tacos. Why? I'm, um, I like all. God, to, to me to talk about food is, I mean, what you you I don't you know. Can talk I don't know what I mean. Like food. the one food group we found, you can talk about yes. like Indian street food, and you can talk about Mexican food. These are the so things we've determined. You tacos. I mean, tacos to me are just probably aside from ramen, my second favorite food, and it has to do with the fact that. They, they seem like, even though they're a pain to uh, assemble, they have that mix of, like, crunchy and salty and spicy and all of that put together. Whereas I find that almost every burrito that I have had that isn't either a burrito that my sister has made at home or a Taco Bell burrito has been overstuffed and too doughy and the proportions aren't right. Like, it's really hard for me to find a good burrito that isn't a Taco Bell burrito or was not made by my sister. So tacos 100% of the time. Uh, curious more than anything else, not saying I'm going to go down this road, but as a vegetarian, what protein or what do you fill your tacos and burritos with? Oh, always beans. Either refried beans or black beans. Just or beans. my Yeah, well, my sister also makes a um, poblano pepper, poblanos and corn filling for tacos. That sounds good. So, yeah. So it's like poblano peppers with corn and I guess it's a white sauce. I don't know. I'm, I'm so ignorant. Um, but it's that, and you sprinkle a little bit of extra cheese with hot sauce and a little bit of like raw onion on it and it's delicious. Um, so there's all kinds of levels of, of different sorts of tacos. So, but usually beans. Okay. So I guess a big part of, uh, so see now, I have, I have wavered on this throughout my life, and like okay. until probably just a few months ago, and I don't know what like prompted the change. I would have been tacos all the way because like I mm. was even someone who, and this is and this is again this is a new trend. Like this, so the right. taco thing is only like maybe five years ago it switched from burritos. To, like it used to be like I just thought burrito everything about it was the funniest thing. Uh, for some reason, I find the word burrito hilarious. It means tiny donkey. That's funny to me. Um, I had a website called awesomeburrito.com. Uh, you can find it in like the web archive if you search hard enough. That was like my resume website when I first got hired. Uh, I, I had a I had an album titled uh, "One Damn Good Burrito." Like I just I thought wow. burrito. I just always had. I mean, it was like my, not an album, like a real album. It was like the the six songs I recorded right before I graduated college and lost access to a recording studio. Uh, but it it uh, yeah, I was I was always all about burritos. 
And then I don't know, I think that it was the rice that like t eventually turned me off was like there's just too much going on inside the burrito that's not meat and cheese and beans, which are the stuff I want in there. And so the taco felt like the more concentrated form of tortilla-wrapped Mexican food. And then recently I have come sort of surging back towards the burrito, culminating just maybe a couple of hours ago, just right before we started this show, uh, eating a delicious burrito in Santa Monica and really enjoying it and thinking, like, I, I want to eat more burritos. Uh, something about, you know what, like the, the, the fact that it's self-contained, that I get my whole meal in this one burrito is really important to me. And if it's proportioned right, I get what you're saying. Like, a lot of times with a burrito, you'll get, like, oh, I got one bite of just sour cream and I got one bite of just beans and I got one mm -hmm. bite, in my case, of just meat. Yes. Um, and that's an issue. But if it's a well-made burrito and the person has taken care to dis distribute the ingredients evenly, I feel like you're actually going to get a better blend of stuff and it's going to hold together a lot better. Mm -hmm. Those tacos are a mess. Well, so so this is my this is my point about burritos is that the trend in burritos now seems to be you make it as big as possible and you stuff as much as you can into it so it becomes kind of unwieldy and I find that 90% of the time especially if you're a vegetarian it's just rice, right? Like you're just getting big mouthfuls of rice because people are stingy with sour cream and they're stingy with guacamole. Um, and rice is the cheapest thing to stuff in a burrito. Uh, so that's a huge issue I have with burritos. I think that's fair. And, and that's I, th fair. I think that, yeah, I mean, so I think that you need, I think that the, the burrito model sort of created by Chipotle, which is like mm -hmm. you walk down and you decide on the fly all of the things that are going into your burrito. Yes. While yeah. I think that did a lot to bring burritos to the people and was ultimately a good thing, I think that that is a bad burrito model. Because I think that you should know before you even begin constructing the burrito how much stuff is going to be in that burrito. I agree. I, I think that that's kind of the problem is like I kind of want to tell them ahead of time, like, look, I'm going to get everything on this burrito. So right. I need you to like I need you to proportion it correctly. Um, but they don't really like it when you do that. So they get kind of angry. Well, and like I try to micromanage their their food line. Their food I think that they're on to you when you're like, because well, like they know when I'm like go easy on the rice that that's like my trick to try to get extra meat, and they don't oh. fall for it anymore. <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's fair. I think that's a fair trick. Um, where where did you have this burrito? Uh, it was a place called Tacos Por Favor. Mm. which is uh, Spanish for tacos, please. <laughs> and it was uh, on the recommendation of our coworker Sandy, who came with me. Uh, and uh, it was a great one. It was a really, really good, I would recommend it heartily, in Santa Monica. It's sort of like a hole-in-the-wall place. You wouldn't know from looking around the outside that there's like a beautiful burrito oasis inside. Uh, really good burrito I had. Uh, it was with steak and guacamole and french fries inside the burrito. Whoa. And sour cream and cheese. And I think that was it, right? Like it was a very Ooh, there yeah. wasn't a lot of stuff in there and there was no rice. Uh, and it was like a, it was a very limited amount of things inside the burrito and I think that's what made the burrito good. Yeah, I think that's it. Sounds like a killer burrito. Um I think we should end right there. I think that <laughs> you saying that sounds like a killer burrito is as good as a wrap as we can get. You can check out the For the Win podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, various forms of media. 
Hemel is still very busy through the end of the NHL Finals, which may end at some point in July, for all I know. Because, at this point, who knows? Uh, and you can check out all of our stuff at ForTheWinFTW.USAToday.com. Hemel, thank you, as always, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ted. Peace out.